Hi, this is Jamie Escudere. Welcome to another episode of Nonsense. Michiko Dead by Jack Gilbert. He manages like somebody carrying a box that is too heavy, first with his arms underneath. When their strength gives out, he moves the hands forward, hooking them on the corners, pulling the weight against his chest. He moves his thumbs slightly when the fingers begin to tire, and it makes different muscles take over. Afterward, he carries it on his shoulder until the blood drains out of the arm that is stretched up to steady the box, and the arm goes numb. But now, the man can hold underneath again, so that he can go on without ever putting the box down. In this episode of Nonsense, I'd like to talk about grief, and I want to talk about it for two reasons. First, there's no question that death is a thorny problem for atheists, because since we don't believe in an afterlife, there's a kind of terrible finality to it that we all have to contend with. And the second reason is tomorrow is the Day of the Dead, And uh, my friend Jennifer on Facebook shared an article about the Day of the Dead celebration, and it said, For pre-Hispanic cultures, death was a natural phase in life's long continuum. The dead were still members of the community, kept alive in memory and spirit. And then it goes on to say, and this is where it loses me a little bit, and during Dia de los Muertos, they temporarily returned to Earth. And I have to assume that that last part of it is sort of where the Catholic belief system combined with the pre-Hispanic belief system. Now, what I wanted to say about this, uh, speaking from the perspective of a nun, is that, there, as I say, there are really two hard truths about life, and they're really brought into relief by the fact of death. And the first hard truth is that it ends. And the second hard truth is that, this is an observation made by Haruki Murakami, just because there's an end doesn't mean existence has meaning. Now, I believe that one of the primary purposes of religion, one of the great comforts of it, is that it softens the blow of both of those, because death isn't an end if you're a religious person. And even if it seems that a life may have ended without meaning, it's not the end of the story. So the story continues on in an afterlife. So even if we can't readily discern why someone died when they did or how they did, that can be concluded later on. But if you don't believe in any of that, we have to accept that perhaps there really isn't a narrative arc to our stories and to the stories of the people that we love, and that there really is kind of a meaninglessness about it. For example, there's a woman named Stein Rossell. She was newly married. I think she was a student at Harvard. She had the whole world before her. She decides to go on a hike in New Hampshire with her new husband, and the two of them sit on a log, which somehow dislodges and rolls over her head and kills her. Or another woman named Trom Nguyen, who was walking down a street in New York City and was killed by, quote, a wind-blown plywood. Now, if you're a religious person and you believe in an afterlife and you believe in a higher power, those things are, are crazy, but maybe they're a little bit easier to understand if you think that maybe there's some sort of higher plan. But if you don't believe in any of that, then they're just meaninglessly absurd and devastating. And you have to somehow come to terms with that if you're an atheist. Now, I want to say 
that I'm not at all an evangelist for atheism. There are several purposes behind this podcast, but believe me when I tell you that one of them is absolutely not to try and convert anyone to non-religiousness. If you are religious and it's for working for you and it's making you happy, then by all means, I love that and continue. The function of atheism in my life is not, frankly, to make me happier. I don't know that it does. What it does, though, however, is it's something that blossoms from truth, from what I believe to be the truth. And there are happy truths in the world. Like, for example, if you practice at something, you will get better at it. That's a beautiful fact of reality. And there are, of course, sad truths, like nevermore. Now, another truth is that if you live long enough, you will experience loss. And you will be changed by it because, as Maud Montgomery said, no life is ever quite the same again once that cold, sanctifying touch has been laid upon it. When that happens, you do kind of assume a sad burden, it feels like to me, just like the one that Jack Gilbert describes. And it's as though you really are sort of carrying your dead. And perhaps this burden would be unbearable, especially for an atheist. Except, except I have a story, and it's a story about a cat. On September 11, 2004, I met one of the great loves of my life, and her name was Vera, and I met her at a cat show in Peoria. And for the next seven years, we were the best of friends. She kept my secrets, and we had a nightly ritual of reading together. And then she died. And time passed. And I remember one time that I was trying a case. I was giving the closing argument, and I was looking into the faces of the jurors, and I was trying my best for my client, but I could just see that they were going to convict my client. My client was going to go to prison for a very long time, and I really didn't feel in control, and it was, um, I was struggling. And I have a memory that suddenly time stopped. The faces of the jurors stopped moving. The sound of the air conditioning stopped. And I could hear the pad of little paws trotting toward me. And I heard this soft trill. And I suddenly felt Vera land on my shoulders like she always did. And she was with me. While it's true that we carry our dead, it's also true that sometimes they carry us. Thanks for listening.